a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the ten crack commit. You, you thought that was the real deal? No, I didn't. That sounded <laughs> legit. Who sings that? <laughs> Not sings it, but who raps that? Chuck D. <laughs> Not Carl. I was really going. I, w- I was going with the big version. Right, but the sample is from Chuck D. Mm. I tried to get you, man. I don't think I was. I, I thought I was gonna get you, bro. But man, I jump guess. to the intro. You know what today what is? What are you talking about? You what? What's today? <laughs> we just that we just not. We just gonna say we know what today is and not talk about what today. You drop is. it, and everybody gonna know what today is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's get to it, there. Let's get to the intro. Uh. I know you wasn't outside for this. I, I asked your mama before we started. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely didn't talk to her. Come on. You definitely wasn't Harlem shaking to this. I wasn't. <laughs> nah, I know. <laughs> that might have been before its inception. Basketball beats some Not Harlem. From Italy to the U.S. Yes, it's raw. Spotlight life for grandma, my dumb fault. How I found the oars, so I searched there. There's plenty of women with sex appeal when it's failed. Can they complete the package? All I date is actresses to play it safe to them. My money ain't bait, but I must take risks to find a honey that's legit. Whether she push a bucket or six months with some mad chips. I'm her own or live out of mom's and pop's home. Rocks top fashion, Adidas, just let it breathe, man. Let it breathe. Nah, I'm going wild on this. It's the GOAT birthday! LeBron could never. He's got three of them things, though. Check this out, though. Now, I will say this. All right, much respect to Kobe, right? But just watching LeBron play just don't feel like the same, you know? Every night was Kobe's night. Every night. Some nights, LeBron be like, listen, I'm going to just let y'all handle it. <laughs> and it ain't really going that way. How you feel as a Laker fan right now? Trust me, we still got more intro left. My aunt told me she got some stuff for me to play, so I was like, I, I got you. Oh, so, we, so we doing that? <laughs> no, we still going to. I do one of them. Yeah, All definitely. Right. I do one of them. But, but how you feel as a Laker fan right now? I mean, it's been a long decade. I'm just, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> y'all got your first playoff win. The you got other a whole night. whole group of young kids thinking we trash. <laughs> <laughs> like the Warriors is the only team to ever play. Listen, I feel weird playing this, but my aunt was like, "Listen, I need you to play this one." And you start taking one request, we taking them all. She told me, "Brother Ali, I was sick." I just took a deal. She got, she got range though She went from brother Oh just go ahead and play that Lizzo then <laughs> Are you 100% that bitch? <laughs> Probably clocking at about 90 Indeed, what you got? Now nah, I'm just saying I'm glad she ain't uh, on the in the Zoom at the bubble with her her assless chaps. 
It's too uh, hot to be feeling 100%. You it's know too hot I mean? to be fully clothed. Let her live her life, man. You know man, what I mean? Nah, nah, nah. I just play. Yeah, she got to definitely keep it PG because if my daughter was there, I'd definitely put the face shield over her eyes. I want to welcome y'all to episode four of the You Wasn't Outside podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Normal Ass Carl. To my right, I have the one and the only. 750 and up is what's going to get you to talk to me credit score. Rob Tandam. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. The White Hope A.K.A. Leader of the Neighborhood Watch You're Not Supposed to Be In My Grass Alright Just Lex Hey How you feeling King? Hey man Rob Van Dam was my favorite ECW wrestler So I'm alright with that one <laughs> You gotta take that Rob T- Hey listen I don't know what I got for like the next few episodes Hey you gonna run out eventually <laughs> yeah, gonna, gonna after Rob, I, I was in there like Tan <laughs> Tang Like just trying to find all the names I can find And Tan Marino was definitely the hardest yeah, but listen, y'all can find us uh, on the Grown Folks. <laughs> nah, it's not podcast. Nah. Y'all can find us on the Grown Folks Network on Instagram. You can find us at the Grown Folks Network on Spotify, also on iTunes or on on the podcast app that's made for Apple. I definitely have not been saying that on the last three episodes, but mm. if there's anyone looking for us, if you weren't already subscribed, that's where you can find us at. It's all good. My publicist is holding down the marketing. Let's talk about that real quick. Do you run your IG? I mean... Why do you look like you <laughs> was about to get in trouble for answering that? <laughs> I'm a, I'm involved. Listen, you don't have to sit up here. Most people have in 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 a high position. I got have a team. someone else that run. Yeah, they have a team that does I got a that. Team. Matter of fact, I felt like I was speaking to a team about a special guest that we're gonna have in the next few weeks. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna like give anything <laughs> else about that. But like when I was speaking to this person, they were giving me like, I don't know if this is you vibes. You know? Well, I mean, if I had some random dude up in my DMs, mm. I might talk to you that way. Yeah. Which led me to a conversation that I had with another one of my friends. We don't have a blue check or nothing like that on any of our like profiles and everything, but there's a blue blue check culture, right? And so, like, if you're at the bottom of the pecking order of that blue blue check culture, like, like let's say if you're on the on the practice squad and you're trying to get a hold of Diddy, y'all both got blue checks. It's not gonna happen. You still got to go through three or four people to even get to him if you were going to. Right, that's crazy. Right. I thought blue checks was just like all created equally, man. Nah, that's not my realm. That, I'm not even going to speak on it. I don't strive my life to get to that point or nothing like that, but th- that to me was just odd. I did want to start off. I do have beef with you again, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> we <laughs> oh might have to God. make this into a segment. It might have to be. All right. What's your beef now? All right. So last week. Last week. All last right, week. Cool. You, uh, how you get up here? You was in my car, right? Indeed. Indeed. You and left, I told you to go home. You left a, you left a cord. You had to go back down to your house. I did. And so you just took my car, right? Yeah. Came in, did the episode, whoop-de-wop. So I'm leaving. Oh, man, I'll see you next week. Good stuff. I don't remember what the temperature was at the time, but all I know is all my windows was all the way closed. (laughs) (laughs) I got in, and yeah, man, it wasn't a pleasant ride home. Bro, but but you're getting at me, and I got some stuff to get off on you, too, because... You don't like to run the AC. My AC be on. How hot it is right now in this house that we're recording in is that where your house is when you have AC. You talking about my car or my house? I'm talking it, about it, both it, because it's I'm, on in both places. No, it's not. You don't hear lying. You lying, man. <laughs> nope. I don't want to hear that. Um, how you week been, man? Oh man, you know, 
I just got man. You ever uh have to deal with uh your mom buying something that she don't understand how it works? Shit, all the time. So my mom, she gonna yell at she she likes to yell at me about stuff like I sold it to her. She was like, so I bought these DVDs, which Whoa. is already like Whoa. what? <laughs> Whoa. So uh, fire stick. She's like, "Do you know what regional two means?" And I was like, "Oh, I already know what she's about to say." So she thought she got a discount on a couple DVDs, right? Finish him. Cause she bought them uh, the ones that only work in Europe, the Europe time zones. <laughs> and so and so she got mad because they wouldn't take them back. Mm. And I'm like, so so this is her logic. This is shit that this just it baffles me every time. Instead of just taking the L for whatever the DVD is called, it was at this moment that he knew. He fucked up. She goes and say, all right, well, I'm just going to spend more money and buy a European DVD player. <laughs> With the Euro plug, though. With, I don't know. It was like $35, but I don't know if that was for a reason or not. Mm. But uh, So she's like, you going to hook this up for me? And I'm like, all right, whatever. Standard hookup. So she has all these random DVDs that fluctuate from U.S. to, to Europe because she wants the whole Marvel Universe. On DVD. On, yeah. Or, I don't know what it is about the older generation that just feels like they have to have the physical copy of everything. I mean, I come from uh, the generation. I love physical copies of music. But at the same time, I mean, music is, uh, they don't have regional two uh, CDs. As far as Do you have a CD player in your car? I don't remember seeing that. Not in the, nah, not in the new I think one. the expectation is, is like, he's got a smartphone. Oh yeah, yeah. It don't make no sense to carry the the physical no more. But so like I do stream, but at the same time I still have music. I still have an iPod for music that's not available on streaming, and I just missed the whole uh, ripping off the plastic, reading the credits, yeah, and all that. Knowing who produced what and this and that. Nowadays it's like all right, whatever. Well, now you got to click a few buttons to even get to that. To like figure out who wrote the album, who produced it, X, and, Y, Z. It's whatever now. Yeah, nobody cares about that. I mean, I still kind of do, but not really. Do you care if rappers write their own lyrics? I don't want to take a full ass deep dive into that, but do you care? Because you're like a hip hop enthusiast. I feel like that's. I worth care it. depending on how they carry themselves. Oh, like if they say I'm the best alive, but it's like, ah, oh, you don't write your shit. Like I don't. Yeah, hear but that. then you got the you know uh, the the verbiage. I'm the best artist alive. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> All right, this uh, Read Them In Week segment, I got some audio for y'all. So uh, let's just go ahead and zoom in and listen real quick. Zoom in. Zoom in <laughs> or, or tune in. There we go. Oh, let me hit the tune button. Your house? Well, why you ask me that? I mean, what? Because, I mean, you're walking around in the gate and you still haven't gone in the house. Do you have any ID on you? Yeah, I do. I have ID. Okay. Can I get your ID, please? <laughs> no, you ain't been my ID, man. What's wrong with you, man? 108, would you start me another unit? So I'd be confused with my ID. Well, I'm going to give you my ID for? 118, can I get you out to 849? Because I don't know whose house this is. I won't be at nobody's house. So you think I'm just going to be at somebody's house walking around their house? That's what you think. I'm just going to be. Why you think I'm walking around somebody's house? Why you think that? I saw you walking around the house. I know, but why? why? You just verify what you're doing here. If if everything's legit, I'll get out of the way. It's legit. Okay, so what you doing here? What I'm doing here? What are you saying? What I'm doing here? I can't be right here. I can't. I stay here. Okay. What you want? I stay here. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Come on, man. You know I stay. I got to stay here. I won't be walking around or doing this. That man just cut my yard. You don't see that? I can't walk around and see that my yard. You see? All right. So I don't want to play the whole thing, but this man is somewhere in the United States, and the officer pulled him over in front of his house to discuss. 
one getting his id out and two asking him if this is his house the man said that he was clearly outside you know checking his yard after you know he got some good lawn service and this officer decides that you know he's going to pull him over and discuss if this is his house towards the end of the clip the man says he's probably asking me this because this is a nice house and feels like someone like me shouldn't live here Mm -hmm. and so i just wanted to have a conversation about being pulled over and being discriminated against now oh which is crazy because you being white you know we always say like oh man you know white privilege you know they don't ever have to go anything but you have a lot of african-american friends and you and I actually share a story we, we together. We do have a story yeah, together, we, don't we? We do share a story together <laughs> of being racially profiled, and me specifically. And we were treated a little different. <laughs> oh, for sure. Over a handicap sticker, which is wild to me. So Right, but but you seeing me, or do you want to just tell it? No, nah, you, you can tell the story. Or right, but I'm saying, okay, so uh, day after Christmas, 2008, uh, what was we doing? We was at, we was at the mall. You know, doing what a uh, young folk do at the mall, and uh, we was pulling out. And you know, the day after Christmas, well, at least how it was back then, uh, everybody was there. So parking spots was limited. It was just it was gonna be a long day, and so uh, the homie had took his grandma's uh, handicap placard, right? Or he told us was his his grandma's handicap placard, and he was like, "I'm good. We good all day." So. We was going from mall to mall using that. Everything was good. And we left this one uh, in particular mall. And, you know, we pulled out, got pulled over. And it was like, dang. So it started off with, I think we wasn't wearing seatbelts. And then so he pulls us over. We come in. He comes over. We do the normal, you know, whatever. And then he uh, sees the handicap placards. He he sees a bunch of uh, 20s. 19 20 year olds and just like hmm something seems odd here they look healthy and so back then uh man that's when they started asking people like one of the first questions they ask you when they pull you over is are you on parole bruh and to my knowledge i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember being in the state penitentiary and so at any he time in my so life. me and and uh my assailant who uh, brought the handicap placard who was riding shotgun they asked us to get out the car they sit us on the on the curb and they start running stuff. They start asking us all these questions. I happened to be wearing green that day. Mm. And if you're a local, you know, that can mean you're affiliated with a certain gang. And I have a previous story that kind of leads them to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get we ain't got time to get in that one here, but yeah. So at that particular time I have to be I happen to be on that specific gang gang detail. Yeah. In the system. So, uh, yeah, it was, it's going to be a little rougher than just a seatbelt ticket for me. And then my man who had the uh, the placard, they took him to jail because it wasn't his grandma's. It was like his ex's grandma's. And she reported it stolen, even though she knew who had it because uh, she didn't want to lose her benefit, something like that. She reported it stolen. And so he, he was knowingly riding around with stolen property and they took him to jail. Which is wild. They they and the the one part that you didn't like get to was that we were still in the parking lot leaving the mall. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we like, we had just turned out. Like <laughs> I'm, just, I'm reaching for my seatbelt to put it on. And then they put us, That's you know, lie. on the curb going through. And I came home so pissed off. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, yo, like there are times where the police harass you. You know what I mean? For no reason. And most people don't understand that. 
You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that they let others get away with. Like if you, if an officer pulls over another fellow officer's like uh, child or something like that, you know, I don't know what the, the numbers are because they don't report it, but I'm pretty sure it's 50-50. If your dad works for the fire department or something, like laws are guidelines in my book, right? In terms of like, yo, we'll set the speed limit at 65. Uh, you're going 70. I may not get you. Just don't be egregious over and go 90. Well, as someone in that position, being a, a child of uh, an officer mm-hmm. who's been pulled over uh, a hand, a handful of times, if you will. <laughs> um, it's about 50, 50, 50, percent. It depends on what I did or depending on how close I am to home. Yeah. If I'm close to home, they're just like, mm, all right, get out of here. Or, but some of them like, Oh, is a, uh, is a child of the police force. I expect you to do better. <laughs> and so, so they'll, they'll double that fine. Bruh. You know what I mean? So yeah, I've uh, yeah, it, it don't really. In my mind too, though, I think of it like, like most people don't understand how the justice system works. Realistically, the police have the right to detain you. You know what I mean? You go to court, they have the one they're the ones that make court orders and laws and stuff like that to either justify you being detained or for you to even be detained even longer. You know what I mean? So like for police, you know, they could be picking on you if they really wanted to. There's not a lot of training for them, you know, especially with like cultural sensitivity and stuff like that, and maybe they don't give a shit about it. But at this time, like in the type of society that we live in right now, especially like if you look at times like in the 40s and 50s and a lot of you guys say like, oh, this doesn't apply to us or, you know, I, I, I don't know anyone that's like that. Well, fuck, it still happens in like the society that we live in. You know, excuse my French, but I'm just I, I am just plain sick and tired of people saying like, oh, I, I don't feel like there's racism or you find like a, f- a, a few like, you know, uh, coon ass black people that just don't give a shit about it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I want to be a Trump supporter. I don't want to take a deep dive into it because you and I, we discussed that. We'll talk about it later. But I watched that immigration, you know, doc that they had on Netflix. You know what I mean? So if you can't see that this is purely just racism that's going on and a pure hate, you know, in our society and just picking on people for no reason, especially under the the current politics that we have now, this is not a political podcast. You're a Trump supporter, more, you know, more power to you. I halfway don't really support all the Democrats. So at the end of the day, I'm just more so about what's right. And looking at this instance of what we were talking about right here, this just really isn't right. You know what I mean? So that's that's just how I look at it. Yeah, it's a, unfortunately a broken system that you have to start from scratch. And because it's everything's politicized and, you know, you're going on four year terms, a lot of things can't really get done because they're so worried about the short term. That it's like, why make a, a long term play when I'm not going to get the, I'm not going to be here to get the credit for it. Cause I need to worry about getting back in office. So until something like that changes, we just got to take them the small wins and try to make strides that way. Okay. I feel like, you know, that was such a heavy topic. You know what I mean? That it's time for us to at least call somebody, you know, take my mind off it. We're going to be heavy on the calls. I told you, but we got our first female caller. Her name is Nicole. Herbert. I wonder if I still, if I'm still on gang detail, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question to ask yourself and also ask the police station. I want to call Nicole Herbert. She wrote a think piece, um, in this, uh, publication called the Sunday, uh, Sunday morning view. Um, it's a little bit about self love and how to rebuild after a breakup. Um, and I kind of mm. wanted to deep dive into that, but I felt like you and I, we couldn't speak from the female perspective. So it would have been dope just to have a woman. I think we do a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and uh, <laughs> die on that hill on your own. That's, 
the sarcastic hill. I'll let you do it. And we'll 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 get a little bit more backstory about it. Let me call her real quick. She knows I'm calling her, so let me get it in. Hello. Hey Nicole, can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right, you live right now. Oh you... goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't give any warning shots, man, at all. I think we're two for two. I never I just call people and like, oh, I'm calling now. I never do I, that. I don't even be getting the warning half the time. You said what? Last week I didn't get no warning. So oh Nigel's on the phone. Oh yeah, I just called <laughs> Nigel this time. But this oh, time okay. this was calculated. So Nicole, this is my co host. His name is Alex. Hi, Alex. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm just hoping. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping this uh, this think piece we're gonna talk about doesn't uh, make me feel a type of way. <laughs> but I, I felt- already knew. I already knew when I had a feeling when Carlise was like, "Yeah, we're gonna talk about women. But we feel like we should have a woman mm. present." I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Oh man, you're gonna have up. me take all the all okay. the all the hits from the women." <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's a setup. It's cool though. <laughs> now, so let's talk about that a little bit. One, let's let's get into a little intro. Like, like tell everybody uh, that's listening a little bit about yourself and what do you currently oh. do. Okay. Um, yeah. So Nicole, I have a my own freelance makeup business, Danny Kai Makeup. Um, I'm going on nine years in November. Um, so that uh, I just recently started writing actually for a online women's magazine called Sunday Morning View. And yeah, uh, I have a daughter. She's going to be nine this year as well. So parenting, writing, makeup. And a life somehow in between all that. So yeah. And how long have you been writing for the uh, this publication, the Sunday this Morning? Is brand View? new, yeah. So, so this actually is only my second piece. It started because I my first piece was actually a Black Lives Matter piece. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like reaching out. My friend actually sent me their like their tagline. They they posted a post saying we want to hear from you know young black viewers or just black women. And so she sent it to me because she knew I. I would write, but I would never write for anything. I just, I've always kind of written things for my friends and things like that. And so she was like, you should, you should send something in. And I really kind of just did it to do it. I really didn't expect much to come from it. And they were like, we want you to write for us, you know, not just this one piece, but moving forward. So, so that's really how it started. And how often do they come out? Uh, They come out pretty often. Like for me, like what I I'm going to be writing like two pieces a month, but they post at least once a week, sometimes more as far as articles. Uh, it's all about self-love, uh, women empowerment. It's a women-focused driven magazine. So they don't only write about, they have multiple categories, but with given tensions in our climate right now, that's that's something they added in is to hear black stories from different women. I got it. So then the one that I'm calling you about in particular, it captured me. Uh, one of our mutual friends, she posted a video you know, speaking about it, then I went on and read it myself. Um, but kind of right. explain a little bit to our listeners about, you know, uh, what you were talking about in this specific article and also give us a title of in case they want to find it. Yeah. So the title is on Sunday Morning View called Healing After Heartbreak or How to Rebuild After Heartbreak is the title. And this piece was for me it was therapy but it was also just exploring this topic it was addressed to women because it's a women-focused magazine but I feel it can go for everyone where this issue with self-love that specifically women tend to have in attracting the wrong men or the wrong relationships for themselves Um, and for me it was therapy because I 
also went through a difficult breakup earlier this year. So it was kind of exploring things that I had learned on my journey, healing from a breakup and certain lessons that I had learned. And it's basically really just, I, I started to get into universal laws and there's, I, there's several of them, but one of them being the universal law of correspondence, it's just about this theory that whatever we internally feel within ourselves, whether that be great or those shadow aspects we may not want others to see is what manifests in our external environment. So certain relationships that we have that, that we that fail and we kind of find ourselves in these positions where we can be a victim or we can blame or we can get upset, we can have shame, we can have guilt, just how everything didn't work out. And sometimes it's important to also understand what is it about your energy that drew in this type of person or if it's a pattern, why do you keep attracting the same type of people? Um, what is it that may not have been healed specifically, or what is it that you may not have noticed that you are manifesting essentially? So that was really the basis behind it. And it kind of just went into ways to ways for women to really be conscious of stepping into self-love and habits to practice and just more so spirituality wise, what to think about. And so what I'm thinking of is like, like, in the, in the beginning of that piece that you were talking about right now, we were just talking about like recognizing, you know, some of the things that's going on. What are some characteristics that you see uh, that went like, I don't want you to speak for all women. So for you yeah. at least, uh, what are some characteristics that you see in terms of like choosing the wrong men? Uh, for, for me specifically, and even for other women that I can attest to, so not all women, but many that I've conversated with, um, one of them is this whole like fix it strategy. Um, it's mm. like this whole strategy where you're like, we know women's intuition. I mean, no shade to men. I think mm. everyone has a very <laughs> deep intuition, but women's intuition is like, we know literally within seconds for the most part of meeting someone. Um, we, we have this feeling, and even if it's not within the first 30 seconds, your first date, you already pretty much know if that that's going to resonate or work for you. Um, but a lot of times we can internally know like how the energy is going to work or even this, this could be outwardly what we're picking up about him and then completely devise a plan on how to, uh, orchestrate or fix him to be to our liking instead of just accepting that this isn't either that he's not going to fulfill the expectations that you have or he's not for you you know so it's like you either accept him as he is and and don't think that you know you can you can fix or orchestrate him to be the type of man you want him to be or you know if you're going to accept him then accept him for how he is you know what i mean so that's definitely one that i have really experienced myself specifically where you know and then uh, you get in a space where you're like it's his fault you almost blame them too because like for me it's like first of all i'm great <laughs> okay i've done <laughs> i've done so much for you and you know what i did nothing wrong and you know i'm loyal and I, you know all the things that you say you wanted in a woman i am and then all the things that i wanted from you I was patient with you and you said you would change and this is not. And then, and then it didn't work out in the end. And when it's like in the beginning, he, he really showed you exactly who he was, who he was from the beginning. There's typically no large difference when relationships end with how he is when it ended versus who he was in the beginning. Men are very simplistic creatures. 
So then what do you think me. is the motivation then? Because I mean, like, I feel like I make like, like wrong decisions in the past, you know, like yeah. within like a significant other. But yet and still I go against my my better judgment. And maybe like it goes into what you're saying, like, you know, the hope of like somebody would change. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the motivation is sometimes and it goes back to that universal law. And it's definitely easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. But I think a motivation with the, within human beings at times is we can step into this place of fear find someone to live up to every expectation we have for ourselves. So instead, this person seems like they're the closest to the mark so far, we can finagle the rest. And then when, when we don't live up that when we don't live up to it, it's our fault. Right. Yeah. It is. It's always <laughs> your fault. I don't know why we haven't got that yet. No, I'm just playing, but <laughs> yeah, but honestly, more I do feel it can be more so women than men. Um, in, in terms of that, that whole like fixing and finagling and then blaming in the end. Um, and it's actually, it really speaks to a level of codependency, which we, which I also just came to terms with, you know, and I always thought codependency was just like neediness when in actuality, codependency has many facets to it. And one of them is not accepting the fact that you are good enough to attract whatever love that you desire or what works best for you. So you try to fix people to be who you think they should be. Oh. And then you step into a place of resentment afterwards and blame everyone who, who doesn't, you know, one doesn't like treat you accordingly like almost they owe you something because you're doing all this to help them be better but it's in your view like in your eyes you feel like they should be this person but that's also your perception that's not god's perception or, or them for themselves that's just what you think they should be so then when they don't step around or come around to that version you feel that they should be for what's best for you you almost step into this level of resentment and that is actually codependency a lot of people i had no idea until i had done that research and then I realized, like, oh, that's been me in every relationship for sure. Mm. <laughs> let's spit, let's so. spit, let's spitball something by you, because Lex, two episodes ago, Lex has a good friend of his. <laughs> okay. That, and that's now, now he's just my friend. That's it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> when he says shit like this, he's definitely your friend. But let's spitball <laughs> something for you, Lex. Tell her what your friend said. Oh man, so I don't have it anymore in front of me, and I think he deleted the post. But um, he was he was speaking on the fact that uh that a uh, uh women don't make men valuable it's his work that makes them valuable and if he loses oh, the work wow. or his vision then he's lost like for good and we were trying <laughs> to explain to him and he he you know he he told his side of the story he talked his way around right. it a little bit but um it just the context was a little off and i know i'm not saying yeah. it and giving it justice right now without it in front of me or remembering right. exactly what he said but uh, we were just kind of, I kind of took it as the angle is, you know, even if a, a man has value in other things that um, a woman can, can take him to new heights with whatever he's trying to do. Absolutely. She has, she has that good value at, and I think that comes from what you were talking about. Cause a lot of women have that, that fixer attitude, that fixer yeah. gene where it's like, Hey, um, I like you and I, I like what you're doing and I'm here to make you better. Cause you know, and that's yeah. the, you know the whole behind every great man is a, a stronger woman thing Absolutely. comes from exactly, and I and I believe in that. But it sounds like yeah. you're more on the, you started holding yourself uh, more accountable, and yeah. you started you started looking at the common denominator and things. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, so what I really learned because there's there's truth on both ends of that, right? Because 
it is very true that women add value to men. That's, that is, I, I would say, I, it's hard to say it's a fact because it's all based off, you know, perception and subjective. But for me, I definitely do feel that way. For me, it's about finding a balance. So what I had to learn with my accountability aspect is, you know, spirit, spiritually based and spiritually speaking, we all have feminine and masculine energy just within us. So we all embody both. And that what from what he was speaking that post, it sounds like coming more from a, a state of ego, which doesn't have to be bad, but it comes more from the state like, which I do feel many men have in that, you know, kind of losing the aspect of love and compassion when even coming to terms with the best version of your action oriented and about money and about progress and about foundation, which I think most men are driven for just from society. That is very essential, but that can only get you so far. If you are not tapped into a certain level of love, compassion, and understanding of your emotion, having emotional intelligence, right, you are going to hit a wall. And that is where women do help balance men because we do tend to be a bit more emotionally intelligent in certain areas because we have the atmosphere to be society has raised us to 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 be able to tap into our emotions better than men men are not raised to be valued as emotional creatures which is sad to say but that is true that's how we come up and so i think a lot of men don't feel like they have the capacity or they have like the ability to without looking weak because that's really what society sometimes coins as weak even though it's the it's couldn't be more it can be further from the truth. So I think that's where women are, are really major foundations for men because we help them to understand how to cultivate things and be their best version with all those aspects, with that emotional intelligence and with that action-oriented mind frame. So in terms of that with his post, I do disagree. But in terms of women, we also have to understand before we can be emotionally intelligent for them, we have to be that way for ourselves. We have to be whole within ourselves. We have to be intelligent enough to understand what, like, what we want to bring in as a, as a man, what works for us, what serves us, without having to compromise ourselves in the process. Because we're spending all this time running on a hamster wheel to make this man this perfect man for us. When have you even built that union within yourself? Do you mm. even know yourself enough to know wh what you want? Like, or are you kind of trying to overcompensate because you're, you're tired of being lonely or you're tired of, or but being by yourself, you want this perfect relationship. You want this perfect union. You, you know, you're just kind of sick of the games and then the failed relationships. So it's a balance is could, what I've learned. Could in you a speak a little more about, um, I don't have the direct quote from, from the article, but it was something about, mm -hmm. Uh, having difficulty allowing your ego take a back seat to your heart and soul? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> for me, like how I said, I think we all have a divine masculine, a divine feminine. Um, me as a woman growing up, I actually had more of like a, like a more of a divine masculine within me that I would like put out. And that just means it doesn't mean like you're manly. Spiritually, it just means that it, could, it was more difficult for me to tap into my own vulnerability, to tap into my own compassionate side, um, an empathetic side, or at least to show that. Because I grew up feeling like 
women, I was like, I'm independent. I was one of those women. Like, I could do it all by myself. I don't need some man to. Oh, you want to destiny these children? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, exactly. You, it's like, and that's the thing. It's like it's a bit of a lie because mm. you you do want someone to nourish and care for you and show that softer and beautiful side. You want someone to bring out that beautiful, compassionate side within you without you feeling like it's going to get taken advantage of or, you know, or that but really just taken advantage of that. That was for me where I was deathly afraid of showing vulnerability because the, the times in my past when I had, you know, it, it came back to bite me. So, in, in you know, your mind develops a defense mechanism where it's like, I just, I, you don't trust anybody and so it all roots from lack of trust. So, yeah. So let's say this, right. Right. You're single right now, right? Is that okay for you to yeah. put on the air? Okay, I just want to make sure you no, like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if you go out with somebody, right, <laughs> at what point do you say, all right, it's okay for me to be vulnerable with them? Are you, are uh, you She said she's fresh off a breakup. So so before even that, <laughs> uh, it's sending your, it sounds like yeah. you're, you're a new woman right now. So do you feel like, I'm just going to assume here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you might have yeah. brought some baggage. You bring uh, baggage into each new relationship you know it's in some certain right right so are yeah. you trying to move forward and not do that no more correct yeah correct i mean you're you know there's there it's impossible to erase every wound from your past but definitely not allowing it to lead the relationship not allow like still be conscious like use it as a lesson there's certain things from my past relationship that will be a lesson moving forward for sure. Don't have blinders on and act like this didn't happen. But in moving forward with somebody else, don't allow that fear or those wounds or that past to lead the relationship, which I do feel I did in the past. So that ego self is, it's that version of ourselves, how we want the world to perceive us. And it is necessary for human beings. But if you allow that to lead everything, mm -hmm. then you're wearing a mask. You're, you're walking around wearing a mask. You're, you're showing others what you want them to see instead of being your true self. So how can you expect them to nurture and be available and show up for your true self if they're only getting a, a minute version of you, which is filtered through that ego? I so think that's like, really what I meant by that quote. Mm, I can't wait to go home and argue tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think like one of the things like for me, like like if, if I was out here single and I was like, you know, living like I was, you know, a few years back, like things that I would that that mean the most to me to personally protect would be one my finances, my yeah. emotional stability. You know how much I allow a person kind of dictate. You know my ins right. and outs, like like my schedule. Like time to me is so valuable. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so Absolutely. like like I if I'm going to spend my time with someone, then I want to spend that time enjoying the things that either that person likes to do or the things that I like to do. But I'm not in the spirit of like wasting my time. You know, Absolutely. specifically with the person that's just going to be draining of my energy and like that. Right. I teeter totter because I know that women are in a vulnerable position in that this society has just now started to recognize women as an equal. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. it be politics, yeah. whether it be work. So I know that you guys are coming in at an unfair advantage and then even coming, yeah. even talking about just being a woman. But then we start putting ethnicity to it, whether it's Absolutely. being a black woman. You know, a Hispanic yep. woman, you know what I mean? A person of color already, you know, has a disadvantage. And now you yep. put the stamp of being a woman on it. So it's like I teeter totter on like how tough, you know, I want to be like in relationships with people, you know, let right. alone a significant other, because I try to be cognizant of like 
Mm-hmm. There's other external factors that lead people to be the way that they are. Yep. You know, yeah. I, I I agree. For me, with men, you know, if we want to have that, like, that's a whole different separate. That's a whole other podcast, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> because it's a specific. I mean, we can speak about black women and just women in general, but I am a black woman, so there's a huge misadvantage and disadvantage. And I think for me, it's about understanding, you know, we know that you as men are only going to get so much because you are not in our position. You're not a black woman. So I wouldn't expect you to just know how to always act, but it's about listening when a black woman is telling you something, when a woman of any ethnicity is telling you something, a story or how she feels or a perspective, listen first, do your best to understand that story before putting any biases on it or getting defensive or feeling like, well, you're a woman and oh, I'm always the problem and things like that. (laughs) Because I do feel like that is all that that's nine times out of 10. That is a very quick witted response is that, you know, black women are always complaining or you're never happy. Women, women are never. Well, cause I, I think, I think happy. most, you know, like the most men, we listen to, to argue, not to understand. We listen yeah. to defend other, you mean, cause I spent the whole yeah. day doing that. We, today. we listen to defend <laughs> yeah. because we usually <laughs> spent the whole day. We with usually, my friends. Uh, yeah. With my I, I don't remember the last Ready time I played respond. offense. <laughs> 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 I ain't, like, ain't put no shots respond. up in a while. So we yeah. took a we took a whole deep dive right now into like the root of the problem. Let's let's talk a little bit about like your journey to seeking self love. What are some of the things that you've done, or do you personally recommend for people to find them uh, find their self love within themselves? Are you still petty? <laughs> are you still petty? Uh, oh yeah. Look, there's a quote that said, um, "When they go low, I'm gonna go medium because God's still working on me." Mm. And that there's nothing better. I've never heard nothing better because it's like look. You're not going to become the best version of yourself overnight. It's just impossible. Like you, accountability is number one. And listen, like self-love, spiritual awakening, all those cute phrases, they're not easy. <laughs> like they're not fun at all. There's nothing that's like, I feel like when we hear self-love, we think of like someone running in a grass field and the wind blowing in their hair or something. Like, no, like Kanye West. it can get, <laughs> yeah, it can get very difficult and at times dark because you're having to explore certain demons or certain shadow aspects of yourself that have been repetitive patterns throughout your life and it's not just in relationships it's because everything is in unison everything kind of like connects to one another so I I think for me the first thing that I had to do and work on within that self-love aspect was the accountability aspect and the honesty within myself like this last relationship I thought was it. So for me, for that to blow up the way that it did, it was like a huge hit to my ego, but it was also like a huge hit to my, I wasn't even sure about my discernment anymore. It was like, I wasn't even sure about my intuition because I I thought I had that one. And it was like, psych. So I think that accountability and honesty within yourself, unpacking those layers, but it's also about forgiving yourself because we talk about forgiveness about other people all the time. And I I think it's a foreign aspect when it comes to forgiving ourselves, people kind of graze over it and don't really understand always what that means. And I don't think people always understand how much they're holding on to shame or resentment towards themselves for things that they've done like way too long ago. 
or even if it's fresh, you know, it's in the past. There's certain things that you have to accept that you, you did the best you could with what you had. And even if you knew better, now you, you received the lesson from it. You have to forgive yourself to be able to move on and become that better version of yourself. Um, and then I think the last thing, I mean, there's several aspects but the most important one I'd say the last few is just finding joy and living presently it took me I'm still learning that that living presently is probably one of the biggest things like when I I don't think I always realize how much I'm either like streamlined to the future or I'm kind of regretting things from my past like I would stay in those energies like 90% of my day and and not really realizing what this blessing of this present moment is to be alive, to have a job, to have woken up, for my daughter to be healthy, you know, just the little things we take for granted, those types of feelings, that present moment, that is true joy. That's what kind of propels you forward and gives you the energy and stamina to keep pushing. So I mean it's all cliche, but it's she's all dropping true. a lot of gems right now that <laughs> yeah, apply that apply to the fellas as well. Nicole, mm-hmm. you got brothers? I can't remember off the top of my head. I have one brother. Yeah, I have one brother and one sister. See, I feel like. Hey, I know she's been going deep right now, but I'm gonna ask a little a lighter question real okay, quick. Let's yeah. hear How often do you go back to your ex's page to make sure you leveled up a little bit more than he has? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love that. Um, you're putting me on the spot. Let me think. Uh, all right, that means she's done it. Did. I actually was proud of myself because I blocked, and I didn't block him because I was like mad. I blocked him for that reason because I know myself, and I was like. No, this is not. We're not revisiting anymore. Well, how many burner accounts you got? <laughs> he said, "How many burner accounts you got?" Oh my god, I don't. I no longer have burner accounts. <laughs> no longer. Hey, at least she's girl. honest. I gotta ask I these questions. Absolutely, was that girl? <laughs> oh <laughs> man, hey, they, see, these are real life situations nah, that happen. And because she's a she's a the, the best form of herself right now, I knew she was gonna answer. Yo, that. but she hit something that was hard that that like makes sense. Like, yo, sometimes I'm not blocking you because I'm mad at you or nothing. I'm no. just blocking you because I don't want to venture off over there in that space. I, hey, I'm, exactly. I'm that old man. I don't People even know don't. how to block nobody. <laughs> that ain't yeah. they, honestly, more power to people that don't block. For me, it's like, it's about understanding your energy. Like, your energy is so precious. Like Carly said, time is important. And where you invest your energy is very important. And sometimes you got to know yourself. Like, you know that, it's like, you know, and I'm not ready to not be lurking so let me just block you so that i can make it a little bit more difficult for myself so yeah i actually haven't been there but maybe like a month or so but yeah any girl that lot like girls we are private investigators we have oh. multiple avenues yeah they got, the, they got the little I, apps sure that you can see who that. unfollowed nah, you. i've seen a lot i've seen some deep some deep dives into <laughs> oh, like yeah. luckily they weren't into me but i've seen like let, let me show you how i turn on the lamp out. get the phone down on the hey, table and just start investigating yeah, absolutely <laughs> multiple ways to find out what's going on for sure yeah all right nicole well we're not gonna hold you up so tell everybody where they can find you at and uh, one more time where they can find your your blog and everything Yes, thank you. So you can find me on Instagram, Danny Kai Makeup, D A N I K Y Makeup. And my newest post is in the link is in my bio for Sunday Morning View. You can click that link and read the article. I appreciate y'all for having me. This was a nice, this wasn't as bad as I thought. I like, why do you think it was going to be bad? But I was like, uh, is this gonna be nah, difficult? I've been out here. <laughs> I personally been out here in these streets for three years. So like you, you, you heard my first four interviews. Like don't go back to them if you haven't. 
They were terrible. I'm going. They were terrible. I'm going right now. <laughs> they were so bad. I'm here now. I'm yeah, and Lex is here now, but I got to coach him up though. It's almost like you know, he's a legendary quarterback in the making, but I'm that 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 number one head coach. You know, so he, he's gonna get these get these lessons. And we're gonna have to have no, you back good. when we start getting a little too toxic. <laughs> I would love that. I would love it. This is a great discussion. I appreciate you guys. All right. All right, we'll holla at you. All right, have a good night. Take care. Bye. Man. That was good stuff. Yeah, it was. I think she says some things in there that logically, like we would love to like put into the field <laughs> stuff we want to do, but we're just not gonna do it yet. <laughs> yeah, like like well, I'm not there yet. Sometimes yeah. like I, I, look, I look like loving myself. <laughs> I got time for that. I gotta love three other people in my house. Or I feel like shedding a little hate sometimes, man. You know that's that's just how I am. But yo, shout out to Nicole, man. I appreciate her for spending the time with us today and talking to us about you know women's feelings and everything, man. We're giving some applause and everything. Hey, something weird. I was watching this. I knew I needed to take a time off from work. I was watching Coco, the the, the movie, the movie. Yes, yeah, on, yeah. on Disney Plus. Good stuff. Yeah, I teared up a little bit. Uh, which part? Just in general. At the end, when you know he was reunited with his family and everything, and then he lost his uh, grandmother and everything, and I was like, "Why am I like tearing up?" I think it was a. I think it was the. The cognac I was drinking, right, a little bit, but hey, yeah. my my son watched that movie so much the first year we had him. Like, yeah, as good as a like as great as the movie that is, and all the messages and whatnot, ain't no tears coming from Coco. Hold up, man. Let me get these horns. Let me get these horns out of here. Hey, yeah, man. Someone trying to. Someone... And we're back. But anyway, um, them horns in the back. I don't know what what my dad was doing, but that shit just kept going off, and I was like, "There's no way we're getting." He was trying to steal his own car. <laughs> <laughs> you see, he panicked. Like, oh, where the keys? You know, where the keys at? You know, you slap your pockets real hard. Where the keys? Um, yo, I was thinking about something during this week about music, right? There was a time, at least for me, when I was younger, the music that I would listen to, it wasn't as vulgar from the woman's side. Mm, we getting I, toxic again after we're getting, that? We're, we're getting a little toxic. We just got man. refreshed with the essential oils of Nicole, and now we uh, <laughs> we, we right back to business. Now we <laughs> right, now we right back to it. So I was sitting here thinking, like, a lot of the music that I hear from women these days are about finessing men, mm. and it's either get a bag, get your rent paid. This box is so wet that I'm gonna get X, Y, and Z out of them. We just had a song called Wet Ass Vagina. I'm not going to say the P word. I just, I can't say it on air. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, waveform. Yeah. <laughs> not the MB3, it's in a waveform app. But I felt like music is just a little bit more toxic. Now, I might be wrong. And I know you're the right gentleman for me to talk to about this in specifics. Um, I think it's about the same, honestly. I mean, I, you know, when I was little, I heard Lil' Kim say she was going to make a Sprite can disappear in her mouth. <laughs> so i mean uh, but as far as like i think what you mean is back then it was just like let me get sexy sex sells sex sells and now probably because of that in the way that a lot of men talk about women in music these new women are growing up off that and the ones that are a little bit try to be a little more independent with they're like nah no more we want to talk just as greasy as them and so it's like, yeah, we still going to be sexy, but now it's like we coming for the top spot. We don't need y'all. Surprise, Stuff motherfucker. like that. Yeah, we here now. And, you know, I'm all here for it. Whatever. Yeah, I'm here for it. I mean, look, I'm not at all mad. 
more so than anything, I'm just shocked just because of like how it is. But hearing the like radio edited versions of these songs, that's how I know like, yo, it's getting to the point now where they might be saying a lot more wild stuff because like when you hear the radio version of some of the music that's out here, it's like, oh, yo, you had to change that word, this word, this word, this word, you know, bleeping it out. But shit, I mean, we come from an era where we watch Nelly Tip Drill. Right, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't act like you wasn't on nah, BT but, after but dark. That, but the whole thing is like, okay, so you're saying that back then it's like tip drill. The women are just in the video doing that, and now the women are rapping, but still doing what they was doing in the tip drill. Yeah, video. they're t- they're telling you they become multifaceted now. It's P Valley. I mean, hey, <laughs> shout out to Chuckaloosa, <laughs> the pack. <laughs> oh, am I crooked letter? I know how to spell Mississippi now. My my uh, my grandpa taught me that song back in the day. Did he really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the only the whole, way you the can same spell it. way. I have to sing it out for me to even know. Yeah, like, yeah. yo, M I crooked letter I crooked. Yeah, I have to. Now like, you already sing. fucked up. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Only people I know that come from Mississippi: David Banner, Big Crit, Big Crit. There we go. That's another one. Now name one more. Um. I don't even a ball think, MJG. Okay, no, 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 that's Tennessee. My bad. Yeah, he put. I was like, okay, he, put, <laughs> he pushed it the limits. Yeah, yeah. It's not a state that I I hear people like, oh, I'm going to Mississippi. You have to have like family I, or roots there. I'm white and I won't go to Mississippi. <laughs> 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 that's funny, man. That is funny, bro. All right, man. So what else? What else we got on the docket? What else are we talking? Oh, what constitutes a good friend? Oh man, this is a deep dive. This is like I've been getting into fights and quarrels with my friends about this <laughs> recently. Because, like, they try to call me out on petty shit. Who you quarreling with? Oh, it's the same people. I won't say names because in their mind, it's like, oh, he has a podcast. He, like, airing people out. Mm. I won't air him out. I got a lot of close friends, so take a pick or a guess. I'm not going to confirm or deny. It doesn't matter. Had a friend of mine. I'll give you a story. Hypothetical. Had a friend of mine. I like to do golf bets. Now, in my life right now, I got a lot of stuff going on. So, to me... I'm not going to cheat you or lie or steal about anything. You know what I mean? I'll be honest with you up front. Tell you either I got it or I don't have it. So long story less long, a friend of mine, I owed him $10 for a golf bet. No sooner than me taking my shoes off and putting them in the trunk, he's sending me a Venmo request. Hey, make sure you pay me that 10 bucks. I said, man, you talking to me as if like, I'm just going to run off on you and I'm not going to see you in the next week or two anyway. So I sent him, instead of the $10, I sent him (laughs) $9.93. He came back at me saying, hey, I need my seven cents. (laughs) I feel him on that one. I'm I'm not mad at him at all. But something as petty as seven cents, bro, it shouldn't start off like a whole argument of like, oh, you do this, 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 and this. And it's like, bro, if you're going to highlight like all the negatives about me, Please highlight and like applaud me on all the positive things that I do also. And I think that some people forget that, especially in their friendships of like, yo, if I was ever in a jam or somebody did something that they necessarily didn't need to do or whatever, like that's a solid friend at that point. You know, we we as a society always highlight the negatives. Yeah, well, I think friendship, it's obviously there's levels to it. Okay. You know, all the way from acquaintances people you just give the head nod to to those people that you're describing who you expect to be as honest with you like yo you got a booger in your nose i I ain't trying to have you out here looking crazy yeah to the integrity 
like, okay, yeah, he owe me money. I ain't even tripping. He going to get it to me to, uh, you know, loyalty, availability, things like that. Um, I'm bad at a lot of things, but I'd, I'd like to think that most people that rock with me would, would think that friendship is, is something that I accelerate at. Um, so yeah, it's a big thing for me. Um, just because I feel like I'm one of the people, you know, if you give me a hundred percent, I'm gonna give you 110%. I'm always reciprocate and try to, you know, go that much further with it. Um, I got a lot of friends to where, and I, you know, I was blessed to come up, um, in a, you know, in an area where there wasn't a lot, I didn't move around. You know, I was in one spot and I wasn't around a lot of people who didn't move around. And so I got that core foundation early to where, you know, when I go to when I started going to school, I didn't have no pressure like, oh, I need to make friends. I need to I need to find people to to be with because I have friends at home and I had a bunch of friends. We all went to different schools. And what was great about that was we all brought different experiences back home. And it made us a lot more versatile. It made us more, um, you know, able to deal with different parts of the city because it was like we were all spread out, but we all were all at home together. And so just, you know, I've had, you know, friends from like close friends just, you know, from five years. I know a, a, a group of people for a decade, 15, a dub. But does 20. that matter? Because that sounds like there's no, levels yeah, no, to No, yeah, time, time doesn't matter as much. But it doesn't? No, no, no. There's a lot of people I've known my whole life. And there's people that I'm closer to that I've only known five or ten. It matters about the quality of time. Because, you know, like I said, I grew up around a bunch of people that didn't move a lot. But that wasn't I didn't have the same closeness with each person. But I feel like if like looking at a pecking order, right, you're one of my childhood friends. Right. I got some friends that I've met during college. And, like, if it came down to it, like, y'all was hanging off of a ledge, I'd be like, ah, oh, shit, I might have to save Lex first because we got the most history. No, no, but like if it came no, no, down but, to but it. if it's, like, the same amount of, like, if I rock with you on the same level, but you have the time, then, yeah, that'll take precedence. But if it's, like, I've known you for 25 years, but you were gone, you know, you've been gone for 10, and we're, we just kind of turned into acquaintances. And what I've been finding as I've gotten into my 30s, is even those people who I have that childhood relationship who I consider more than a friend or could be family, those those relationships ain't safe either because no matter how, you know, you're going you gonna to grow. And you can't, especially as, as many friends as I have, you can't expect everybody to grow the same way at the same pace or go in the same direction. And, you know, there's a lot of people I've lost recently that were like, it hurts. And I'm the type of person, even if we, we end on bad terms, if I consider you in that hierarchy, I'm always have love for you. I might just have to love you from a distance, Yeah. but it's always going to be there. And you know, if you come back, it might be in a limited capacity, but it's, I'm never going to just like cut nobody off. That's not really how I move, but yeah, just friendship in general, no matter what the levels are, it's like, I think that's one of the things I, I cherish most about coming up that way because i feel like you know whatever good parts of me there are i attribute it to that foundation i got early and seeing a bunch of different cultures a bunch of different families and how they interact and how it was different from me or the same and you know that way i i knew it was i wasn't when i was out of pocket when i was doing this uh yeah so 
I mean, I've even the people that I've lost recently, I still got plenty. And, you know, I, I got a whole family and stuff I got to worry about anyway. So it's hard enough to spread my time around to those people. And, you know, you right here, my man, you you fall into that category. You know what I mean? I'm, ble- I'm blessed to have you as a friend. I feel like our lives, especially more recently, are a lot more parallel. You know, we kind of in the same realm as far as uh, the type of work we do. Our families are structured similar. We have the same, you know, situation almost as but that's the with thing, our though, kids. Like- I feel like friends parallel based off of like I got friends that are in certain pockets, right? Yeah, definitely. I got homies that I just play golf with most of the time, right? I got homies that I'll go to a Charger game with or like a sports event or with. Like you have to like there's certain like everything's not for everybody. So like you said, yeah, like you describing path, the levels. Our yeah, our paths align on these things, and just because like I hold you know this group here and this group here doesn't mean that I don't care any less you know of them. But I know like like my homeboy Durant, he hates golf. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're not going to go play golf together. I've never touched the club with him in 10 years that I've ever played. But then some of the things, like you said, you've been losing touch with people, you know, recently. Like some of the things I've also learned, too, especially like if you're working with people, you know what I mean? Like you could be a good friend and like a quality of a good friend is meaning like, yo, you either look out for me as best as you could on on a friend level. Uh, uh, you have nothing but positive energy. You know what I mean? But you could be a terrible teammate. And that was one of the things that, like, it took me a long time to figure out. It's like, yo, like, like a good friend, like a good quality in having a friend would be somebody who who who's able to be honest and real with you. But at some point you have to draw the line and say, you know what? Like, like you being honest is now becoming harsh criticism. Now it's becoming judgment. You know, and if we're working together towards a goal or something like that and you cross the line in that harsh criticism and judgment, now you're becoming a terrible teammate. You know, like people really lack the skill of picking someone else up. And I've been and it's something that I've changed, you know, over the last three or four years. Yeah, I've always told jokes. I've been the funny dude or whatever. But I've also learned too, like, shit, I can't just always be like roasting somebody. I got to draw the line and at some point pick them up. And maybe that's just me. I Well, it also depends on who you're dealing with, because some people respond to the criticism. And so, yeah, you might be a great friend, but you deliver some of that, you know, in that lane, you might not be strong at, depending on who you're dealing with. So, you know, me, so let me take it to to my most important friendship. So my wife, she has harsh criticism sometimes, and I don't like to hear it, but she knows that I respond to it because it's like, oh, because if she's too like nice about it, maybe I'm trying, I might finesse around it. So maybe she'll sprinkle some niceness, but when it comes down to it, she gonna not hold back. She gonna not sugarcoat it, and it's probably gonna sound harsh, but it's something that I need to hear. It's and and so I wouldn't say that would make her a bad teammate because she knows that I'm gonna respond to it, and it just probably happens that you know picking someone up. I would say the majority of people nowadays they probably need that more than harsh criticism. So I see what you're saying, but like take it from a. Uh, you know, you always criticize me and Jeff, right? Yeah, you be hard on Jeff. Yeah, I be hard on Jeff, Jeff. But but the what's untold about me and Jeff is how we act in public is because we know how each other is moving, and so when we come around each other and we don't even say hi, the first thing we say is, "Hey, I don't know why you think you shit. You ain't never been shit. You ain't never gonna be shit." <laughs> what well, what that really means is, hey. I know you out here doing things 
don't think you made it because when you because I know when you think you made it, that's when you huh. might slow down and you better than that. And I know you're supposed to be doing more than what you're doing. Man. So it's more holding each it's more holding each other accountable to be more. And I know he understands that, even though we've never had that conversation. It's unsaid, but because of how we are for so many years, that's just what it is. Shit, we might have to timestamp this because Jeff might even drop a, a little tear in his eyes and stuff. Let me go ahead and give an applause to Jeff. He, he be crying at home. <laughs> Yo, the way I, one day I, I stepped in, y'all don't know who Jeff is, but. Jeff is uh, my man. Ah, oh, Jeff was on one of our episodes. Yeah, he was on one folks. of the early. He was on yeah, one of the early. Yeah, yeah. I he, plugged him. He do all kinds of I community told you shit. And you know what I mean? He does the yeah. painting gigs. Matter of fact, we got one of Jeff's paintings somewhere in the we'll, studio. We'll call him eventually. We'll call Jeff, yeah, because Jeff, Jeff is, yeah. We'll, yeah, especially as election time gets closer. Shit he, might he, trigger he, you. Yeah, yeah. We need to talk about the mailboxes next episode, too. The mailboxes? Yeah, the mailboxes. <laughs> Trump got us fucked up. We're going to talk about that. Uh, you got anything for three cheers? Oh, yeah, I was supposed to be thinking about that, huh? Now, you go ahead. Go first. All right, man. I want to give it three cheers out. I, I love me some Rex Life Raj. I hate to be that guy, but he, he actually, you know, made it big time. He's got a song on ESPN. It was actually hosted. It's called Bounce Back, I believe. Um, it was on the, um, like, the rollout for the NBA playoffs that came out last week. So shout out to Rex Life Raj. And then I want to give another three cheers. Uh, to a good friend of mine, good friend of the show, he's going to be on here, Jamar Taylor of the 49ers. Um, he's starting his own organization called First Chance U. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on the first episode. Uh, he usually does a football camp every summer, but because of the coronavirus and everything, um, he actually had an online webinar for kids uh, so that they can learn a little bit more about finances and everything um, and, and just kind of navigating through night life. He has some, you know, pretty big local heroes from San Diego on there and people that are doing stuff in the community. So uh, it'd be interesting to hear some stuff from Jamar later on as time goes by. All right. I'm going to do my three cheers to uh, Vanessa Bryant. You know, today, today being Kobe birthday, you know, I think everybody that's listening probably saw the post she did and just three cheers to her for continuing to hold it down and, and uh, pushing through, even though, this has probably been the toughest year of her life for multiple reasons. Okay, there we go. Three cheers out to uh, Vanessa Bryant. Listen, I'm not going to find a way to end this podcast. My aunt hit me up. She said, listen, I, I want to help you out on your playlist. So although it was Kobe's birthday, we had to play, you know, give honor and respects to the legend. We had to play some music from Kobe. But because we're listening to Lizzo and J. Cole Crooked Smile because my 20-year-old aunt, she didn't want me to tell you how old she is. We're, 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 we're listening to this. She had Brother Ali on there. I'm having a hard time trying to figure out how old she is. <laughs> I have no reason to lie about that, man. Um, I want to appreciate all the love and the warm reception we got. The numbers are out through the roof. Keep sharing this podcast. We're going to keep having hot guests on here just talking about everything. Listening to Cole today, just let me know, like, yo, I got to find a female co-host. And, and I got to be this guy, I'm going to say, preferably a black woman. Like, mm. like I, I don't know. There's just nothing you can replace about that energy and that fire that you bring to I'm the sorry, mic. sorry, man. I'm trying. Yeah. I wanted to bring your wife, but I didn't want to do that because then it would turn into, like, you not doing the chores and stuff like that around the house. I mean, somebody got to watch the kids, right? <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. If not, they'd be out here running around and y'all hear them in the audio like the first episode. So... Anyway, this is Cricket Smile by J. Cole, man. I appreciate y'all for listening to episode four. This is Carl out. You keep falling. 
victim cause you're insecure And when I tell you that you're beautiful You can't be sure Cause he don't seem to want you back And it's got you asking So all you see is what you lack And not what you packing Take it from a man that loves what you got And baby girl you a star Don't let him tell you you're not Now is it real? Eyebrows, fingernails, hair Is it real? If it's not girl you don't care Cause what's real Is something that the eyes can't see That the hands can't touch That them bras can't be And that's you Never let him see your friend. And if you